So, you want, to, you want to pay close attention to this. I don't know if Jean-Pierre Debernay is here today, but Jean-Pierre painted and for us every year he annually puts together a, um, a, a painting that symbolizes the theme of Mission Sunday. And the theme is not just something that's randomly grabbed out of there, but it's the theme that the missions committee says, this is going to be our focus. And so the verse is, in this translation, I'm not sure, I can read it right there. I think Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Now that, that verse, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it before I bring this crew and get them to talk to us as well. That verse is what you call a parenthetical statement. So I know, wow, Eddie's using big syllable words here. Parenthesis is what you want to think about. And then basically the idea is Paul's in the middle of this discussion with this guy named Timothy who's sent on a mission to the city of Ephesus. And he's given Timothy instructions about what he's supposed to do while he's on this mission. And then all of a sudden, Paul just stops. And he puts in this parenthesis. In your life groups, you're going to figure out, how does that fit in? It's like, oh, I have an idea. I'll just toss it in here. Or I think it fits in the flow. That's your job to figure out. But this parenthesis, he says, as he's telling Timothy about ministry, he goes, I cannot believe that I'm doing this. I cannot believe that God has called me and that God is using me in this ministry. Because you read it and it says, like, I'm the worst of sinners. That's what he says. It's like, if there's anybody not qualified to do what I'm doing, it's me. He says, I don't have the wisdom to know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't even have the strength if I had the wisdom to carry it out. But the crazy thing about it, because of God's grace, God has called me. God has uh, considered me faithful, putting me into service. And, and you hear that, and I, I think the, the basic point is, if, if God called Paul, and God is using Paul, or used Paul, then God is calling you, and God can use you. And we hear Paul say that stuff, and we think, man, no, I wouldn't think of Paul like that. He's like super Christian, superhero. If there's anybody that's supposed to be a missionary, it's Paul. And I could never be like the Apostle Paul. And so therefore, we read this stuff in the Bible about all this incredible evangelism and church ministry and missions ministry, and we disconnect from it thinking, that's for people like the Apostle Paul. And Paul is saying, no, 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 it's for all of us. Actually, Paul is not saying, I'm just a normal guy like you all. He doesn't even say that. He says, I'm worse than you all. I'm the worst of sinners. I'm the chief, some translations say. I'm more unqualified than everyone. So here's why, here's why I think that verse really helps us today. Because we've got people that are going to share with us the ministry that they're a part of. And you might listen to this and go, that's really nice, but it's not for me. Because missions is like for people who are really really good Christians who are better and like almost like saints in that kind of that kind of particular category they've got it all together I don't know what to do I don't have the strength to carry it out I'm not really that good of a person I'm just kind of clueless so I'll listen today and I'll leave but I'm I could never do what they do but I just want you to take a look at these people for a minute do they look that smart to you? <laughs> I mean, honestly. I mean, you laughed. You know what I'm talking about. 
There's nobody perfect that's sitting up here. Do you see capes on any of these guys? Super Christian cape. Have you ever seen a Marvel movie made about one of these people? No, you haven't. You see, what you're looking at is normal people. Kind of. If you talk to them, they've got a past that's not perfect. They've got some shortcomings in their lives. And those of you that know them would be, be amening right now. Each of these individuals sitting before you, none of them has the wisdom to know what to do in themselves, nor the strength to carry it out as far as the mission that God has called them to. But God has called them. Or as Paul says in this verse, he's considered them faithful, putting them into service. So, I don't want you just to listen and go, oh, that's really nice what they're doing, but that's not me. I don't want you just, and, but, but it is nice what they're doing. And I don't want you just to hear like, well, I'm so glad our church is a part of these guys going out and doing this stuff. But I want you to hear God calling you. Because God has considered you faithful, appointing you to service as well. What does that look like? And what does that mean for you? In your life, not on the other side of the world, but maybe in your neighborhood this afternoon. And so what we're going to do is I got, some, I got some questions. We're just going to talk to these guys. I am the official moderator, and I've given them a time frame of how long they're allowed to answer. So if you go, man, they hardly said anything, that's because I'm holding them back, okay? You just need to talk to them at lunch today. Um, but, but some of you guys know them really well, and some of you guys are extremely new here, and you're clueless of who they are and where they serve. And so we're going to ask the first question. It's going to be a question that, uh, well, duh, we know that. Not everybody, okay? So the first question is, um, tell us... A little bit about the work that you do. or you. And so, oh, first of all, you need to understand, two of our families, the couple in the middle, the Dunhams and the, um, the Hollands at the end, these are our full-time missionaries, you might call them, as far as somewhere else. And then the rest of these folks here, full-time missionaries, since there's Christians living out the Christian life, but they're going to talk to us about their short-term trips that they're a part of, okay? Tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Where is it? What do you do in the ministry? What's its purpose? What's the general focus of the ministry? If you're there, if you go there part-time, um, when did you go? If you're there full-time, how long have you been there? And we're not going to go in a particular order, but I guess we're because the microphone's going to be the person to get started. Okay. Am I starting? Uh, yeah. Okay. So my wife and I, Umoyo, is my wife, and I'm Nathan. Uh, we are missionaries in Angola. Uh, I have been there for 12 years. As a family, we have been there off and on for the past 10 years. And um, we also have a ministry. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you more about that. That's where we are. And sorry, I missed. Good enough. Good enough. General focus of ministry. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, our, our general focus is we have uh, a church planting in uh, Angola, or I mean in the city where we live, uh, spread out. We have a theological school that focuses on students that come from all over the country. And then the big picture, uh, more internationally, uh, we have LAMP International, a nonprofit that focuses on five Portuguese-speaking countries in Africa. Let's go to Addie. She's got the mic. 
Oh, <laughs> hi, I'm Addie. Are you say something, Moya? No. Okay. Yeah. Go. Hi, I'm Addie. Um, I serve. Oh. I serve for um, Cosmil at the Ciudad de Anglas um, in Mexico. Um, our our little thing is over there. Um, so what we do is we help an orphanage there, and um, we we help an orphanage there um, by serving, like cutting down um, jungles or building benches or um, just hanging out with them, or going into the community and blessing other people. When were you there? Oh, when I was there? Um, I was there last year and this year, so and for two years. Uh, it goes every year in spring break. Super, thank you. All right, let's go Stephen. That's done for me. Okay, uh, and Deborah first started going to the reservation in about 2004, and uh, we went there because uh, when her dad died, we needed to get a death certificate and a birth certificate. And uh, we, did, we didn't at that time know what reservation Deborah was connected to, but um, when we found that out, we went on the reservation and we saw the, the conditions of how people lived there, we decided that we wanted to, to help in any way that we could. And we just started out simply by collecting some school supplies and uh, running them up there or even mailing them up there. Um, uh, so we started building relationships with... Hey, Stephen, they're, they're turning you up and it's causing feedback. Get it close to your mouth. That'd be better. There you go. We started building relationships with uh, the families and the members on the reservation. And uh, so uh, 19 years later, almost 20 years later, uh, Deborah has created quite a um, um, collection of people that we are not connected to. And it took a long time. It takes a long time. And you're not going to be able to speak into somebody's life, especially on the reservation, unless you have built a relationship with them and we're finally there. So um, uh, it's working for us at this point. A couple of decades ago, these two and um, some other members in the audience started a missions ministry here at Eastside. From that, in 2007, for the first time, I went to Zambia on a short-term medical mission that still is going on. But also from that, we have 15 containers that we have sent out. We're, this is our last year, last year to do it. It's impacted all these different parts of Zambia medical mission, uh, Zambia mission. It's in Na Zambia, it's in Namwianga. It, it was started almost over 80 years ago. So the short-term medical mission is only a small part of it. But now it's almost totally Zambian run, and we're just the ones that come in and help them and encourage them. But we have schools now that um, we have some children that come from outside in the bush, very rural areas, and we're able to help educate them. They live on campus. We now have a college university. It's called George Benson Christian College University. And a lot of that is teaching them Bible and um, now we're expanding into, we have English, but then expanding into computers and other areas. They will be able to go out in the bush and teach Bible. They're evangelistic in doing that. We now have a nursing school that was just started a couple years ago. We have a radio station that's been so effective and evangelistic in the last, especially during COVID. And we went from a hospital, I mean, went from a clinic to now a hospital where we are saving lives daily. This year I witnessed the birth of what was to be healthy twins, but they ended up being conjoined and died very quickly but because of us being there with the c-section that mother lives and it was 
hard, but it was a great joy. The other thing that I'm really representing Cynthia and Jason Kamalo, and they work with what is the Haven, which is the orphaned or needy, needy babies, and then they go, when they get older, the ones that don't go back to the, to the group or work with Cynthia and Jason, and they are their parents. And um, that is, when I talk a lot later, it's really about what Cynthia and Jason are going through and how we are supporting them, because that's where Eastside's money goes. Now, we don't ship a container, but we take supplies down to Texas to ship out, but what we support 3,000 a year is to support Cynthia and Jason. Good morning. Um, Kimmo and Lisa Dunham, um, we were members here uh, at Eastside. Uh, we actually moved to Colorado Springs on 911. That was kind of a, a weird day to move, but we did it. And um, but anyways, in 2004, uh, we had the opportunity to partner with Eastside Church of Christ and also Health Talents International, um, for which we had some history with. We went with Health Talents uh, when we were in college uh, to serve as a mission intern. And so later on, we were deciding what to do with our lives, and we had this opportunity to move to Guatemala partner with these items, partner with Health Towns. Um, and so we moved there with Health Towns to start a new ministry in a new area, an indigenous um, area of Guatemala. Health Towns International is a, a ministry of healing and teaching. So we follow Jesus's example in the way that he went around from community to community, um, healing and teaching in the areas that he was. And um, so we, uh, with Health Towns, we partner and we do various primary health clinics and different mobile different mobile clinics in different villages, and then we also um, do uh, work within a, a hospital system, too, where we do day surgeries. Um, and so we, we partner with churches in different manners to be able to affect the way that we can grow the church and the way that we can grow God's kingdom. So we do that through uh, clinics. We do that through and child sponsorship programs. We do that through um, seminars for, for ministers. We do that through um, a counseling service, which we've just started uh, in the last five years. It's more of a lay counseling than a professional counseling. Um, but through the different programs that we have, through ABC, our child sponsorship program, and also scholarships, um, we have different um, young people coming through those programs and coming to work with us as doctors, as physicians, as nurses. And this year we are graduating um, two psychologists and so we hope to integrate those into the ministries that we're doing as well. Um, again, our purpose is to grow the kingdom um, and give people a chance to be able to thrive in their church and thrive in their community. Okay, so there's just tons and tons and tons they could tell you about their work, but what I ask them to do is just give us some people's stories. Let me tell you the story about this person, and that person is a snapshot of the ministry. And for you guys that go on the short-term trips, maybe what was one person on your most recent trip that just, wow, let me tell you about this person. And this shows you what God is doing, where we went or where we live. And so, um, yeah, we'll start back down there with Nathan and Moyo. So in, <clears throat> in 2006, um, my current teammates, Danny and Katie Reese, and I visited Angola for the first time. And one of the things, we didn't know anybody in the country at, at that point. And so we prayed uh, based on Luke 10, where Jesus sends out the, the, the disciples to um, go into the, the, the villages. And he told them to look for a person of peace, a man of peace, a house of peace, uh, someone who would invite you in. And when you get there, stay there, eat their food, that sort of thing. Um, and so we, we prayed that God would give us a person of peace uh, because we don't know anyone where we're going in Angola. 
and we got there. Uh, we had a list of phone numbers that uh, some uh, brothers in Zambia gave us uh, ahead of time. At the top of that list was a guy named Charles. We called him, and he said, where are you guys? Uh, we told him where we were staying. He said, stay there. I'll be there in about 30 minutes. And he showed up. And uh, Charles has been our person of peace for 12 years now. No, not 12 years, like 16 years. What, 2006 to now, whatever that is. Um, and um, he has been, uh, I would consider him one of our teammates today. Um, if any of you remember, there was, I think it was only a Wednesday night, but there was a Wednesday night, probably in 2009, that I brought two Angolan guys with me uh, to church here at Eastside. Um, and um, 2008, 2009, and he, he would have been one of them. Um, but uh, the, the story just kind of goes full circle because in February of this year, the two of us, um, we took a survey trip to um, uh, Cape Verde, the Cape Verde Islands, because we didn't know, just, just like when we went to Angola in 2006, we didn't know anyone there. Um, we just had a phone number. We met a, another lady who was our person of peace. That's a whole other story, and you can ask me about that. But um, Charles has been just an incredible teammate uh, and a, a partner uh, in the gospel. Uh, the two of us uh, put together a big conference uh, in uh, June of this year. Um, I think uh, we may talk about that more a little bit later. If you don't, come ask me about it or read about it in the Christian Chronicle. Uh, last month. Hello? Hi. So um, we don't just hang out, like we don't just work um, at our mission trip. We also hang out with the um, orphans, which we call um, the angels. So um, this year we had a pool party at our house that we rented, and it was so much fun. And we got to hang out and have a great time stealing pool noodles and whacking each other. It was amazing. Um, but I, I met um, Christina. And she was uh, an angel there. And it was just so cool to see that they were laughing. They were having fun. Because, you know, um, my mom, she was in foster care most of her life uh, when she was younger. So um, I know I hear stories and I hear how hard it is. And it's just so good to see that they're laughing, that they're having fun, and that they're doing well. And they're being loved and cared for. Uh, my story is about a person that we met on the reservation whose name is David White Dog and uh, we partnered with him because uh, when we first met him he was had his leg amputated and he was in a wheelchair and we started a, a, a kind of a wheelchair ministry through him and whenever we took uh, medical equipment or wheelchairs or things like that to the reservation he would find families to that needed that equipment and make sure that it got to them um, so the, the point of this story for me is that sometimes when you're called to serve, you don't know what's going to happen. And um, so eventually, and the reason that he was missing a leg was because he had diabetes. And there's a lot of Native Americans that, that get diabetes just because of their diets. And um, so um, he had to have his other leg amputated. And... They sent him to Rapid City to have that done. Um, 
we were, me and Deborah were on the reservation, and we got a call that he was in the hospital and hadn't had any visitors. So we decided to go over to Rapid City and visit with him, and, and we did that. And um, when we got there, we were surprised to find out that he had MRSA. So he had uh, contracted that infection. And so we gowned up, and we visited with him anyway. And um, the nurses told us that uh, all of his clothes were dirty, that nobody had come to visit him since he'd been there, and asked us if we would wash his clothes. So we, we did that. Um, we found a laundromat, and we went into town, and we got all his clothes clean. And we had to also buy him some supplies that he was lacking, and we brought those things back to him. Um, and we had a good visit, and he got out of the hospital. But eventually, uh, when COVID came, that took him uh, away. That's about it. I'm here talking to you about Cindy and Jason, not really my work there. And you're going to see a picture of a little baby over here and to the right on my table. It's in black and white because of this beautiful display that Angeline did that's showing the black and white, meaning the need, and then the color, showing how God's faithfulness working through us and his faithfulness in our lives. And what you're going to see is that little baby who was born, um, his mother died at birth. And he went into care at the mission in the Havens. And now Cynthia and Jason work with a, there's very few of them that don't go back out to the villages and other family members. But he did not have anyone to go back to, so he's been raised there, but not in an orphanage. But he's been raised by Cynthia and Jason. Well, Cynthia and Jason have been there the last 10, 11 years. But they're his parents. And if you see in the picture in color, you see Jason baptized him this year. And then you also see in color that Cindy is sitting beside him in the hospital because this year he went through a really big scare thinking he might have melanoma or something other serious, but he did have a very serious infection, but he was not walking through that alone. Not only was his God with him, but God gave strength to Cindy, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, so that she was there for him to serve him during that time. And you'll see the, the, the picture of joy in his face is obvious, but this is before he even knows that he's going to be okay. But he's had Cynthia and Jason with him. Well, I want to, <clears throat> I want to share uh, the story of Brother Cruz with y'all. Um, uh, as Kimmel was saying, our ministry is focused a lot in healthcare. So um, where I work, I'm a physician and I work in a medical clinic. And um, Kimmel will be one of the first ones to tell you that when we first went into the field, we felt very inadequate. And so this verse rings true to us um, because God is the one who strengthens us to do what we do. Um, we are honored that he considers us faithful to do it. But we see this all the time with people that we um, work with in our area. Uh, people in our area don't have very much education. Most of our coworkers have between a third and sixth grade education as adults. And uh, we all work together to take health care to um, areas that don't have it. And we spread the gospel. And uh, it's a very effective system. And out of the medical clinics, uh, we saw the need for uh, pastoral counseling. We have a lot of patients that come in that have more than just physical, medical illnesses. They have problems in their marriages, serious problems, um, relationship issues, families that are breaking down, um, addictions, abuse, and that all presents itself as um, physical, uh, medical illness. And one of our coworkers that worked with us um, at the time, he was my... Um, my clinic assistant, my translator, he said, 
we got to do something. There's, there's, there's so much going on, and it's not just something that a pill will fix. And so we were talking, and he said, do you mind if I spend some time uh, with people in prayer, uh, maybe just a little extra time to see how we can help them and their families in these situations? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. And this is a guy, uh, Gaspar Chan, who um, I think he's had a sixth grade education that he completed as an adult. So he went through third grade, and then as he got older, he went and finished sixth grade. But he, he studied, and he learned, and he prayed, and he is very gifted in counseling. And he has formed several counseling uh, classes and courses. And he's, on, he's enrolling his third group of students, which includes men and women from congregations throughout our area. And I wanted to talk to you about Brother Cruz because Brother Cruz was one of his students. And Cruz was a believer in this program because he and his wife um, were separated. They were in a very, very messy relationship. Um, it, it was not good. Everyone thought they were done for. Cruz is a pastor. He's a preacher in one of the areas. And we thought, you know, that's going to destroy the church. It's not, it's not going to work out. And he invited Gaspar to come and talk to him and his wife. His wife, I don't think, was very excited about that, but she, she came to the meeting. And through several meetings, they were able to reconcile, and they are together now. Um, and one day, Cruz came to Gaspar and said, um, I need you to come out with me. Uh, one of the churches that we've planted, he and Gaspar and some other guys have planted a church about three hours away in a town called Guatzalip. And it's way out in the mountains. If you've been to Chichi Castanango, you know we're way out in the mountains. But this is three hours way past Chichi Castanango. And it's a poor town. Um, They're very rural. They don't have a lot of um, resources out there. They certainly don't have much health care. And this church was planted, and we started the ABC Child Sponsorship Program out there. But Cruz came up to Gaspar, and he said, Brother, I need your help. There's some serious problems out in this church. They're, they're fighting. Um, they're starting to divide, and they're falling apart. And we've got some issues between some families, and I need some help. And um, he knew that um, Gaspar was great with uh, helping people reconcile. So they went and spent a week out in this church. There's a picture up here behind me of the church building. Uh, it's a little little wooden building. And they went and spent um, the week out there. They slept in the church building. And they met with individual families. Um, and then they met with the church as a whole. And they were able to reconcile this group. And they are stronger now. They are learning teaching skills and preaching skills. And they have the child sponsorship program in place. And it's just an example of how um, God's love for us reconciles us to him. And he teaches us how to reconcile ourselves to others in our own lives. And we just really pray that this church in What's Leap will be a testimony to others in their community. And at the end of that week, while they were there, um, several of the members who are siblings in a, in a large family said, Would you come and evangelize our parents? They don't ever want to hear the gospel from us. And we want you to tell them the gospel. And so Gaspar went to this couple, and they own a bar in town. <laughs> And they didn't want to give up their bar, and they didn't want to come to church. And Gaspar went and talked to them, and he said, How old are y'all? And the wife said, I'm about 76. And Gaspar said, Well, you know, the Bible says a man lives to 70, 80 if he has good life. How much time do you think you have left on this earth? (laughs) And she said, Good point. Let me think about it. And so they got a call uh, 
about a month ago and said that the, the couple wanted to know more. They wanted to become Christians. They wanted to be followers of Christ, and we're expecting a baptism out there pretty soon. And so it's just another example of how Jesus uses inadequate people to further his work. He uses me. I am not a preacher. I am not a teacher. I'm just a doctor who likes to see patients. And he uses my clinic assistant who has a sixth grade education to help me see these patients and recognize needs and look for ways to help them. And he uses uh, a guy in a failed marriage to plant a church and bring that church back together when they fall apart. And, and God is just so, so good at that. This is for the Hollands and the Dunhams only, and 60 seconds or less. That is so unfair. Um, what are you most excited about? There's so much going on, but over the past year, the thing you're most excited about that you see God doing? You got the mic. Go. There you go. Um, <clears throat> we're excited about what, what God has in store for us. We, we, every year we go into trying to think of what's going to happen next, you know, and We've gone through a couple years of some craziness with COVID and some other stuff in Guatemala. Um, this year, we were finally able to start back up our surgeries. And so this year, we've been able to bring in about, so far, hopefully this year, we'll bring in about nine different groups of people throughout the United States that will come in and do surgeries. And so we'll be completing about 300 to 400 surgeries this year. Um, and what, what excites us the most is what that gives us with contacts with people. As Lisa was talking about this thing in Guatsalip, um, Gaspard um, has taken that now forward and come to us and said, you know what, I'm real comfortable where I live right now, but I don't want to be comfortable anymore. I want to go to Guatsalip and be a missionary. And so now we're starting to work with local congregations to find out how we can take that or do what we're doing now into a new area and give us more um, opportunities to be able to serve and, and help grow that kingdom. So I'm really excited um, to see fruit. Um, so there's been a lot of sowing over the last 12 years in Angola, and I think this year um, the fruit, um, that, that part of that sowing is, is coming to fruition. So there are three main things that I am very grateful for. Um, one of them was a Luso Africa mission conference that Nathan alluded to. Um, it was a discipleship training conference, and it included the five um, Portuguese-speaking countries in Africa. Um, there were 12 countries represented in full, those five countries and then seven others, and there were 93 participants. So it was exciting to have all those people together in this discipleship training. The other thing uh, that is exciting is that finally um, there's some printing happening with um, LAMP International, um, which is the nonprofit that was set up by, by Nathan. Um, and um, with the publishing company, company, um, 300 books have been um, printed, um, there are 12 different, oh, 3,000 books have been printed, there are 12 different books, and um, this has involved everything from obtaining rights um, from the author, for um, coordinating the translations between different people that speak Portuguese around the world, um, editing, formatting, and printing um, the books in Angola itself. The covers are done in Namibia, but the books are um, printed in Angola and bound in Angola by Angolans who, um, a lot of them have, um, due, due to the war, they've lost limbs and things. So they, they mainly sew, um, and Nathan um, realized that they could help him with binding um, the books. 
And then the last thing that we're really excited about is that the theological um, school that, um, that the, the mission has been um, set up has 15 graduates. It's the second set of graduates that they have. Um, it consisted of, well, the, the course consists of 300 hours. Um, it takes about two and a half years to complete. And at the end of it, um, the individuals get a certificate. So there were 15 graduates this year, um, and one of them was um, the first woman to graduate. So those are the things that have been exciting, um, seeing fruit after a long time where it hasn't been very visible, but it has been there. So this is the lightning round. One sentence, one sentence only. Serving in a mission this way, God has changed me and impacted my life in this way. Go. God has given me patience and rewarded my perseverance. God has given me humility and open eyes. I'm going to pass so I can use it for the next one. <laughs> you just took 10 seconds. Okay. Go. Oh, um, <laughs> definitely uh, been humbled a lot. And uh, uh, it's good because we're not perfect. God has humbled us, um, showed us how to depend on him more, and um, depend on community. God has showed us that he always provides for his work. Humility is key, isn't it? In my 10 years in the Czech Republic, I learned that um, apart from him, I can do nothing. It's like, that's it. Hey, all right, kind of another lightning round in a moment. One of our shepherds is going to come up and pray for you. And so how can we pray for the mission that you're a part of as far as the difficult thing is this, and I'm maybe 30 to 45 seconds. Deb, when you pray, would you please pray for these things? Um, what's hard? What's difficult? How can you pray for whatever, the ministry, you, whatever? Uh, we'd like for you all to pray, pray for, um, in Guatemala right now, we have a lot of political unrest um, so be praying that we can continue to um, function as a ministry without any delays and be able to continue to do what we do. Um, that, they, um, that they're trying to get a, fam um, a sibling group together and they're trying to get the other um, siblings together, which is being difficult. And then they're also needing more house parents' help. I'm speaking for Cynthia and Jesse, and that's why I passed on the last one. But I would really like for all of you to be praying for Cynthia, especially because last year at this time, she was in an accident going out to um, a rural area, an outreach in the rural area. She is really struggling with her memory and other pain, and they really need to raise more funds. This is not for Eastside to do, but to be praying for, because they really need to have some medical funds to get her treatment and for the family to get on insurance. This scripture was so key to her when I shared it with her this summer, because she is feeling inadequate. And as I shared with her, I said, no, God considers you faithful, and you were there for this young man and the other young men they work with. So please, please be praying with, with, for them as they work through these medical challenges for the young men and for especially Cynthia and, and the need to raise funds. So <clears throat> uh, I have just recently applied for permanent residency in Angola, and that is going to be a big game changer when they give it to me, which they are giving it out right now. Um, 
And so once I have permanent residency, my wife and kids no longer will need visas to enter the country, which is just going to change a lot. We've had a lot of headache regarding that in the past. And so pray that I get my permanent residency and that, um, that then my family can freely come and go in and out of Angola. And then one other thing is the, um, our theological school. Uh, we, need, um, we need help. Um, if you are looking for a, a way that you can help us, it costs us about $500 to get a student from start to graduation. Uh, we've always paid for that out of our work funds, but we have too many students now. And uh, so we've set up a scholarship fund, and you can talk to me about that if you are interested. Uh, for the Native American Mission, it would be uh, our relationships that we have with the people there. Uh, we're losing a lot of uh, important contacts. Another person had died this year, Virginia Whitefeather. And um, so we, we just want to, um, if you could pray for our continued success in building those relationships. So we're going to take a look at a video as we close of one of our missionaries. We're no longer really supporting him. He's kind of a retired place. All the missionaries never retire. But he's still part of our family. This is Jose Rodarte in Mexico. Buenos días, hermanos de Isai, Colorado Springs. Aquí estamos con la hermana Teresa. Ella es la viuda del hermano José Ángel. Y pues, este, hermana, ¿cómo se encuentran ustedes después de que el hermano falleció? Eh, pues, gracias a Dios, muy bien, hermano. Este, me siento muy bendecida porque Dios me ha fortalecido. Y yo sé que que mi marido está en un lugar mejor. Él vivió en Cristo y murió en Cristo. Muy bien, gracias hermana. Bueno, aquí tenemos a Juan Salvador, es el hijo del hermano José Ángel y es uno de los predicadores junto conmigo y el hermano David. El hermano David está de vacaciones y no está el día de hoy, pero quedamos tres predicadores y quisiéramos tener más. Entonces, hermanos, eh, Unas palabras, hermano, de acerca de, de, de cómo te sientes como predicador ahora que el papá no está. Bien, pues igual como lo comentaba mi mamá, eh, me siento fortalecido en el Señor porque es un proceso, un proceso para un cristiano, la muerte para estar en el lugar de, de celestial, en el lugar prometido. Este, mi padre nos enseñó a mí, me dejó muchas enseñanzas y consejos sobre la de las predicaciones sobre su vida, anécdotas que le pasaban. Eh, aprendí mucho junto con él y las enseñanzas del hermano Toño están haciéndome más fuerte con experiencia y para, para echarle ganas a las predicaciones. Ahí voy con todo y esa es una... Comienza una, una nueva vida. Bueno, hermano, saludos. 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 Dios los bendiga. Dios los bendiga. We're going to have one of our shepherds lead us in a prayer, and at the end of my notes it says, go cook. I'm going with Stephen, and we're getting ready to go uh, help get lunch ready for you guys, so everybody come back to the gym after we're finished. We're going to have a special luncheon, and donations will go towards our Native American ministry. Let's gather. And the booths are going to be open all along the tables. People will be there so you can meet them and learn about their missions. Let's gather around Ted and let him pray over us.
First of all, I want to say thank you to uh, all of you for the work that you do, for all you have done for God and His, and his purpose in this world. And I give you uh, just thanks. Shall we pray? All gracious, mighty Heavenly Father, bless your children. Guide us with your spirit and give us the strength and the courage to go out into the world to make disciples of all people. We give you thanks for your son who gave his life that all people could be saved and be your children. And I pray that we may each put on Christ daily and live a life dedicated to him. He is our savior, our brother, and our Lord. And I pray that daily we may be changed into his likeness, and that others may see him through our lives. I ask your blessing upon all of our missionaries. We have many, many, but the ones we have here have dedicated their lives to the people and the nations where they are serving. They have dedicated themselves to bring the good news of your love and bring the message of your salvation through Jesus Christ, their Lord and our Lord. I give you thanks for Nathan and Amoyo. I ask for a continued blessing upon their work. And Father, as they work towards getting a permanent residency, I, I ask you to be there and work through that process so that they can better work and better serve the people in Angola. Father, I ask for Steve and Deb Smith as they are working with the Native Americans, that you will open up hearts there and you will open up relationships there, that they can continue to grow and the ministry that they're doing continue to thrive. Father, I pray for Kimmel and Lisa, the work that they are doing currently and the blessings that they are bringing on people in health in every kind of health in, this, in their bodies. Father, it's difficult at this time because of the struggles of, of politics in, in a country, and I ask that your hand will be there with the people of Guatemala, with Kimmel and Lisa, that you will bless them and you will guide them so that their work can continue and go on in strength. Father, I pray for uh, Jason and Cynthia, as Cynthia is still struggling with, with, with her health after the accident she had a year ago, I ask your blessing upon her, that you will continue to heal her, help her heal her memory, Father. Help heal her body and her mind, and help them as they do the, the wonderful work that they're doing in Zambia with the children that are there in their care. Bless them, Father and bless their work. And Father, with the Ciudad de Angeles, I pray that you will be each with each one of those angels, that you will bless each and every one of them, that, all, that when they complete schooling, that they will be able to walk out into the world as independent people, but more importantly, Father, that they will enter this world as your children, and you'll be able to bring blessings to everyone there. Father, I ask you to be 
with Eastside, with all of our members who work so diligently to try to support missions, who so diligently work bringing missions to our people. Thank you, Father, for your love, for the care that you show us. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.